Support for IPR comes from Orchestra Iowa, presenting the movie E.T., the extraterrestrial on the big screen, accompanied by the symphony orchestra performing the score live, May 3rd and 4th at 7.30 at the Paramount. Tickets at orchestraiowa.com. This is here first from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. Taking a look at some analysis from last night's election results, Governor Kim Reynolds and U.S. Senator Chuck Grassley were both reelected. While NPR's analysis this morning shows the country did not quite see the red wave nationally this midterm election many were expecting, that's not the case in Iowa. Republicans did really well. Here to talk about the results is University of Northern Iowa political scientist Chris Larimer. He joins me from Cedar Falls. Good morning. Good morning, Clay. So let's first talk about the U.S. Senate race. Just a month ago, there was a lot made out of that Des Moines Register Iowa poll that said Democrat Mike Franken was just three points behind Grassley. Of course, the poll on Election Day, the one that matters, we say, did not show that was the case. Chris, what do you make of this Grassley win? Well, I think it it certainly fits with what we would have expected in a normal midterm election year where you have a Democrat in the White House who's relatively unpopular and even more unpopular in Iowa, right? His last approval rating in Iowa, I think, was about 35%, 73% of Iowans in a recent poll said the, the country was on the wrong track. So for a Republican incumbent to do that well in Iowa, I think sort of reflects what we'd expect in a midterm election year. I think also to your point about the polls, you know, Grassley was up three points in that mid-October poll, and then the latest poll, he was up 12 points. And in that that three-week period, at least according to the Iowa poll, there was about a 17-point swing among independents. And so I think, you know, more needs to be looked at in terms of what happened over those three weeks. Did inflation or concerns about the economy really sort of elevate to the top of mind of voters and, and push that? Or was this more just about, you know, reelecting a, an incumbent who has near universal name recognition in Iowa? In a year, that was going to be difficult for Democratic candidates. So let's talk about the top post in Iowa. The governor's <clears> race, <throat> Kim Reynolds, was declared the winner pretty early over Democrat Deidre DeGier as the polls mm-hmm. were closing. Four years ago, Governor Reynolds had a much tougher fight for her first full term in the office. Why was this such an easier race for her? Again, I would say, you know, I think in part it reflects just the atmospherics of this election, that this was going to be a difficult year for a Democratic candidate running when the president of the party, the the U.S. president, is a Democrat who's relatively unpopular in the state. That's one of the predictors we look at when we look at gubernatorial re-election rates is, does the governor share party affiliation with an unpopular president? And Governor Reynolds did not. She had a state that Iowans generally thought was on the right track, or at least starting to move back toward the right track. So we also, when we look at gubernatorial elections, we talk about relative economic status within the state. And so Iowa was doing well relative to the rest of the country, at least in terms of the perception of Iowans. And then the third part of that is just simply the difficulty in beating incumbent governors in the state. You know, if you look back till since 1960, we've just had two incumbent governors who have lost their re-election bid. So it was going to be a significant challenge for Deidre DeGere, given the atmospherics of the election, but also just given the historical patterns of governors running for re-election in Iowa. Okay, as of this morning, Republican Zach Nunn holds a pretty slim lead over Democrat incumbent Sidney Axney, with more than 90% of the votes counted in Iowa's third congressional district. The three of the other congressional districts uh, went to the Republicans for wins. Chris, I know you've written a lot about Iowa being kind of a swing state for decades. I don't think you can call this state anything but red anymore. Uh, In the remaining time we have here, what do these races tell you about politics in Iowa as it stands now? 
I, at least last night's results suggest that I was that there was sort of this Republican wave, as you said, as you said at the outset. You know that there was a Republican wave at least in Iowa, but I, I still, I think long term there's still a question about whether or not Iowa can swing back to being a, a, a swing state or swing back to being more of a purple state. I mean, if you look at the party registration numbers within first, second, and third congressional districts, they're still relatively close, and so. It, it may come down to just what type of an election it is. What are the atmospherics around it? Is it, is it an election in which, you know, Democrats are, are looking to do well or there's certain issues, or is it still swinging to the right? I mean, that's part of being a swing state is that you can have these hard swings left or right. But at the moment, as you said, it you know, last night's results suggest that Iowa, you know, overwhelmingly went Republican, particularly if it, when it gets down to some of those uh, state-level offices that often don't receive as much attention when you're talking about attorney general or secretary of state or state treasurer, when those start to go Republican in a year like this, that's where you start to wonder what was the wave like in Iowa. We're going to have to leave it there. Chris Larimer, political scientist at the University of Northern Iowa, thanks for your analysis this morning. You're welcome. Thanks, Clay. You can find all of our midterm election results at our website, IPR.org. And don't forget to subscribe to hear first, if you haven't already, wherever you subscribe to podcasts. I'm Clay Masters. Thanks for listening. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.